In this episode of the People and Performance podcast, we're going to hear from Stephen Chudletsky, founder, speaker, coach with Shed Inspires. Stephen has also worked as one of the inspiring igniters at Simon Sinek Inc.'s Start With Why team. Stephen engages with people in meaningful ways so that we can connect with depth and live in a more fulfilled world. With a knack for sharing the right words at the right moment, and the odd joke too, he delivers evidence-based content in a provocative, captivating and light-hearted way. Hi, this is Bill Bannum, co-host of the People and Performance podcast. Chris Buelling is away this week. Listen to this episode as Stephen shares his take on the characteristics of great leaders and ways to nurture high-performing and happy teams. Enjoy this conversation I had with Stephen. Stephen, welcome to the People and Performance podcast today. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you again, Bill. So you and I have spoken on the HR chat show several times, um, but you've never been on this pod before. So for our People of Performance podcast listeners, gosh, that's a mouthful. Uh, why don't you take a minute or two and introduce yourself? Thank you. My name is Stephen Shedletsky. Friends call me Shed. So Bill and others, feel free to call me Shed. Um, I'm in Toronto, Canada, and I have a deep-seated belief that every single person has strengths. Um, it's just the truth. And when we use those strengths to contribute to something uh, important, something bigger than ourselves, the result is fulfillment. And so I'm a fulfillment junkie. I care a lot about that. I believe that we ought to use our life and work to do things that help us feel fulfilled. And the best part about us feeling fulfilled is it's not a selfish act. Uh, It's a service-oriented act because it leaves the people around us better because they've interacted with us. Um, and I'm working on my first book right now called Speak Up Culture. Uh, when leaders truly listen, people step up. Yes. And uh, if you want to learn more about Stephen's new book coming out next year, um, there is an episode on the HR Chat podcast uh, where you can we can learn all about everything to do with the book. Um, but for this show, let's continue through and focus on on leadership and performance. In, in your opinion, Stephen, mm-hmm. what, what, are the, what are the characteristics of a great leader? Who can maintain and nurture high-performing and happy teams? So we, we can't talk about performance without also talking about trust. Um, uh, for me, you know, uh, trust and relationship are the foundation of what we can accomplish. And so there's big conversation about, you know, there's, there's a decline of of innovation, but yet we don't speak about the fact that there's a decline of relationship, uh, increasing divisiveness out in the world, um, and the fact that trust is the input that gets us the output of performance and innovation. And so um, what great leaders do, all great leaders, it's not that they have charisma. I've met many introverted and not very charismatic leaders. Um, Great leaders have integrity, they have consistency, they have compassion um, uh, and a service orientation, and they have courage. Um, courage is the ability to do things that are hard, like give hard feedback or take risks on people. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, the, the biggest are courage and compassion. Um, and for me, you know, there's a lot of conversation on, on empathy, but empathy can be quite inaccessible. 
Um, because, you know, I, I was coaching a client last week who's an African-American man who lives in, in, uh, in southern U.S. And I, I can't have empathy for all of his lived experience. I'm not a, a black man who lives in, this, in, in the southern U.S., but I can have compassion and I can seek to, to understand. And so I think great leaders seek to understand. And then great leaders have courage, uh, courage to put um, their and the team's values ahead of their or anyone's interests. So just a couple comments there. Excellent comments. They were too. Let's flip it and uh, talk about the expectations of the employee, the outlook of the employee. What, what do you believe employees value the most from their employer? Uh, in, in, in this new normal, whatever this is that we now live, live through. And that term employer, you know, it could be, they could be talking about individual leaders, but it could be talking more about the company culture as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think the most thing that people appreciate is being treated as a human being and not as a number or a robot. Um, I think great leaders, you, you know, there, there's a lot of conversation out there, Bill, in the, in the zeitgeist that kind of tarnishes this term management. And I don't think it's fair. You know, there's this whole comparison. That's not leadership. That's management. Well, we need both. Um, you know, think of how many people have the title manager. And yet we're, we're, we're really tarnishing what that means. Um, and I don't think it's fair. The distinguishment I like to make is the difference between a leader and a driver. Um, a driver views their team and organization as a machine to operate which means drivers view people as cogs. You know, if, you're, if you blow a gasket in a car, do you mourn the gasket? No, you just buy a new one. And that's how drivers treat people. They are but a tool to get an outcome. And I think now more than ever with the great resignation and the great talent shuffle, people aren't, are no longer tolerating that. They don't want to be treated as cogs in a machine, they want to be treated as human beings, which means they have feelings, they have ideas, they have lives outside of their work. Um, and now <laughs> we've all, you know, the, especially in the knowledge economy, have been working for the most part from our homes, um, where our lives are. <laughs> you know, it used to be that the only difference between our work life and our home life was the clothes we wear. We don't even have that anymore. Because um, so often, you know, we're just wearing sweatpants all the time now. Buy stocks in sweatpants, by the way. Uh, huge value there. Um, and so I think uh, the greatest thing that employees want to feel is as human beings. And I think it's the responsibility of leaders to do so, because while a driver views people as cogs in a machine, a leader views their team as an organism, a living, breathing organism uh, to nurture, to support, to feed, to grow, to develop. Um, and when uh, leaders treat their teams like that, which by the way, a team is not made up out of, of, of the cloud or brick and mortar. It's always people, you know, numbers or technology never comes to your aid. It's the people that do. So that's what I think employee, employees want is to be treated as the human beings that they are. And what advice do you have for, for business leaders, Shed, when it comes to communicating change with their employees? You know, there's been lots of change happening over the last couple of years. Yeah. And um, what I heard at the beginning of the pandemic was, as long as our leaders keep telling us what's going on, then it's okay. It's when they go quiet that uh, that we worry and we, and we feel uh, disengaged with, with with the employer brand and so on and so forth. So, what what, what tips would you have for for leaders out there when it comes to making sure that they can communicate change in the right ways? 
I think it's just that it's communicate, communicate, communicate and, and share with as much transparency and as much as you can uh, to whatever degree is responsible. You know, it's, I, I don't think it's good to communicate something that's maybe going to happen unless it's worth sharing it to, for, for a readiness perspective. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing, absent of communication, people make up their own narrative. And that narrative is seldom, if ever, better than the reality. And so though it's exhausting, um, leaders have to communicate, 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 and in multiple ways, email, Slack. Um, voice, <laughs> all the things all the time. Um, and it's exhausting, but no one said the, the, the role of leadership was an easy one. Um, and so, yeah, uh, uh, it is communication. It is transparency. And I've learned that people don't fear change. They fear sudden change. Um, and leaders are purveyors in, ex in expectation and consistency. Um, so, yeah, I do think that the solution here is to communicate as much as you can, as quick as you can to help um, bring, bring your people along for the ride and create open dialogue. Um, this is with feedback. This is with new information with, with anything. Um, I don't think it should be one way. I think we need to create space, um, and, and different settings. Some people feel safe speaking up in large, large groups. Most people don't. Um, so utilizing that chat function, utilizing polls, going into breakout rooms, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, to actually hear the voice of your people, what questions they have, what trepidations they have, um, to help you do a better job of serving them and leading them. Let's talk about behaviors, Shed, mm -hmm. uh, and, and tie that to something that I know you love talking about, which is uh, uh, purpose of a company, company culture. In, in a newly renovated workplace culture, leaders must determine what desired behaviors will best support the company's purpose you know lots of companies are hiring right now if they can find talent that is um how can they determine what those behaviors should be and how do they reinforce them so um behaviors ought to stem from values so so i actually wrote uh, an article bill not so long ago called purpose and mission and vision oh my um and values too which is we have all these words, there's purpose, there's vision, there's mission, there's values, and there's actually a place for all of them. So if you'll entertain me for a moment, I like to um, uh, use the analogy of running a marathon. Purpose is the reason that you run the marathon in the first place. It's the reason you go to the starting line. Um, uh, it's the origin, it's your past, um, it's why you do what you do, as Simon Sinek, my colleague and friend would say. It's the reason you're running, it's the origin story. Um, vision is a, a future state that quite frankly, you'll never reach. Um, vision is a world in which your purpose were fully realized. Um, so I have a purpose. My purpose is to engage with people in meaningful ways so that we connect with depth and live in a more fulfilled world. Um, I envision a world in which people can identify and use their strengths um, uh, in psychologically safe environments to give their all uh, and to feel fulfilled. That's the vision that I want to live in. Um, our vision is we can see that finish line with such clarity. We can smell it, we can hear it, we can see it, we can taste it, and we'll never quite touch it because vision is infinite. Again, as Simon Sinek, my colleague, would say with his book, The Infinite Game, vision is not something we can accomplish, but mission is. It's why we can say mission accomplished. So I don't think we should have to refresh our, our purpose. If we do, it probably means that you didn't articulate it right 
uh, or discover it right the first time. I think we can change the language, um, but uh, purpose is purpose and it comes from our past. Vision is our purpose fully realized, which it never will be. Mission is those goals, objectives, KPIs, OKRs, those things that we ought to hit that make us feel as though we're making momentum. Like I've never run a marathon, Bill, and I don't intend to, but I've been told that if you run a marathon without mile markers, it's quite unnerving. You know, you could be at mile 25.2 of a 26.2 mile race, but without being able to see the finish line, you might give up or you'll certainly won't perform as well if you knew what the mile markers were um, because it behooves us. It's part of our dopamine reward system to see and measure progress. And so I'm not against mission or goals so long as we don't put goals and deadlines and metrics ahead of purpose and vision. And then finally, values. We can't get a sense of someone's values are just by reading a website. We get a sense of someone's values based on their behavior. Um, and so the question is, what are our values? Who are we as people? What defines this culture of who we are when we work together at our best? Um, and then how do we reward and recognize people when they do it and provide feedback, coaching, discipline, if necessary, if people behave outside of it? Because values are the way in which you run the race. And if you're making progress towards your vision, but you're doing it in a way that is against your values, good luck with that. That's where ethics come, come into play. And it's not going to go so well. Because if you don't live your, your stated values, um, you have uh, issues with trust and issues with performance. I agree with everything you just said there. And uh, in terms of vision, you know, the only thing that you forgot to mention that is, is that he is probably one of the best characters from the Marvel universe. Um, okay. So we are almost out of time. Um, before we do wrap up two more questions for you shed. This mm -hmm. next one is one that we like to ask all of our guests on, on the people and performance pod. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it goes something like this from a culture and people processes perspective. What does a high-performing company mean to you? So I, one of my favorite um, things to lean into here is what the U.S. Navy SEALs use to select and promote people um, onto the Navy SEAL teams, uh, which is a little three-by-three three matrix called the trust and performance matrix. In the top right corner, it's high trust, high performance. In the bottom left corner, it's low trust and low performance. Um, of course, we all want the high performer of high trust on our team. But who do you pick over the high performer of low trust and the low performer of high trust? And 10 times out of 10, in the highest, one of the highest performing teams in the entire world, because if they make a mistake, people die, the SEALs would pick the low performer of high trust over the high performer of low trust. The high performer of low trust might be a great individual performer, but they are not a team player. Um, they might perform wonderful on the client pitch, but when it comes to actually doing the work, they're a nightmare. The SEALs would rather a low performer of high trust because the old cliche is, you know, hire for culture fit or culture ads, skills we can teach you on the job, right? Hire for attitude, aptitude. You need to have some, but we can teach you. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is that if you put performance over trust, you will soon become not a, not high performing, um, that high performing teams actually um, value the inputs more than anything else and know the value of the inputs 
to then get them those those outputs. They live what truly it means to have Kaizen. Kaizen is not um, about lean management. Lean is the output. Kaizen is about continuous improvement. It's about the input. And if you um, are hyper focused um, and 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 have a have a religious intention um, to getting the inputs right and to creating trust, you end up getting um, sustainable, optimal, and high performance over the long run. Which includes taking breaks and sharpening your your axe as well, because we can't just go all out all the time. Uh, that's not what it means to be human. We need to to rest, um, uh, break. And reflect that's how we grow as well wonderful and just finally for today Stephen, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about all the awesome stuff that you get up to well thanks bill um i should have by the time this uh episode comes out my new website shed s-h-e-d inspires.com should be out there if not please just check three times daily um, and uh, as I said in our HR chat as well, I believe I'm the only Stephen Chudletsky in the world right now. Uh, so if you Google my name, you can find all the things. And I'm most active, as you know, Bill, on my LinkedIn. Excellent. And that just leaves me to say for today, Shed, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the People and Performance Podcast. My pleasure. I hope it's helpful to the listeners. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D-E-L-L-O.com.